and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We move on today in Romans chapter 8 to verses 29 and 30. These verses continue to show the ascending process of salvation, which Paul began back in verse 28. In these verses, Paul continues to place the emphasis on those that God has called out or selected or predestined. Here are verses 29 and 30, and Paul writes, for from the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him, and all along he knew who would, should become like his son, so that his son would be the first with many brothers. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness, gave us right standing with himself, and promised us his glory. Our life on earth will soon be over, we shall cross the ocean wide. For us our Lord's prepared a mansion over on the other side. While here we'll trust his word and do the work that he has for us planned. Then we shall sing in heaven's choir way over in the glory land. That'll be, that a, happy will be a happy time when with when Christ we sail, we sail away. away. To the promised paradise, paradise, where forever we shall stay. We shall see the friends of old, united united in one band. And the praise of Jesus we shall sing way over in the glory land. There'll be a happy time tomorrow over on the golden shore. When all the happy saints redeemed shall meet to part no more. The pearly gates are open wide, inviting us to join that band. Then we shall sing in heaven's choir way over in the glory land. That'll be, that a, happy be a happy time when with Christ when we, sail, we away sail away to the promised to the paradise. paradise where forever Shall stay. Ever we will stay, we shall see, we the, friends shall see the friends of old, united, united in one band. And the praise of Jesus we shall sing way over in the glory, over in the glory land. Over in the glory land. There are some that believe that the knowledge spoken of here is not abstract, but is couched in love and mixed with purpose. They hold that God not only knew us before we had any knowledge of him, but that he knew us in the sense of choosing us by his grace before the foundation of the world. Their thinking is based on Paul's statements in Ephesians 1.4 and 2 Timothy 1.9. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. There are some Bible verses describing God before which we simply stand in awe. Romans 8, 29-30 present five great things or events God does. Pick them out as I read these two verses. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called. Those he called he also justified. Those he justified he also glorified. Here are the five again. Whom he foreknew he also predestined. Whom he predestined he also called. Whom he called he also justified. And whom he justified he also glorified. God foreknew and predestined. Those two were accomplished by God before time, in eternity past. The calling and the justification were in time. And the glorification is after time. So there are four great things that lead to man's final glorification. Those whom God foreknew and predestined before time, he called and justified in time, and he will glorify after time. Now, before I continue, I need to make two emphases. Number one, God is the one who designs this whole matter of salvation, and he is the one who carries it out. The constant repetition of the pronoun he, referring to God, makes that obvious. God carries out salvation from beginning to the end. A second emphasis that is clear is that all who begin the process will finish it. That is, all whom God foreknows and predestines will also be glorified. None will be lost in the process. If God begins with a hundred persons, he will bring those same hundred persons, not ninety-nine, through to the end. God brings to glory every one with whom he starts. These are two great points to remember. God initiates, designs, and carries out the whole salvation process, and everyone with whom he begins will make it through to the end. Keeping those two things in mind, I come to these five points. The first is foreknowledge. The word foreknowledge means more than just knowing in advance. To understand what it means, we need to discover how the word know is used. God once said to Hosea about his people that, It was I who knew you in the wilderness. God had already chosen them. Through Amos, God said to his chosen people, You only have I known of all the peoples of the earth. So when God says he knows a person or a people, he means that he has chosen them for a task and a purpose. So God's foreknowledge is based upon a decree. Future things are determined by God's decree and are foreknown because they have been determined. Foreknowledge must come after foreordination. A thing has to be made certain before it can be foreknown. It is not because God foresees that a thing is foreordained, but he foresees because a thing is foreordained. Because God determines that a thing shall be, he foresees that it will be. To foreknow then means to foreordain. 
God's foreknowledge that delivered Jesus was foreknowledge based on the fact that Jesus was a chosen sacrifice before the creation of the world. Something can be definitely foreknown only if it is before determined. The second word Paul used, the word predestined, also belongs to the before time. Both predestined and foreknow belong to the eternal counsels of God. The third and fourth words, called and justified, belong in time. They belong to man's experience. God's call is his gracious appeal to us to respond to his invitation by faith, a faith which he gives to us as a gift. The call allows his predestination and foreknowledge to come to pass. Justification, the fourth word, also happens in time and declares us righteous before God. The final great word here is glorification, and that belongs to the time after time. Although that is still future for us, the tense of the word here indicates that it's past. What Paul means is that our glorification is so certain that it can be spoken of as already past. I know that whole books have been written on what I have talked about today. Is a person called because he loves God, or does a person love God because he is called? Where ought the emphasis to be, on man or on God? That question will never be settled to everyone's satisfaction until we reach that next dimension. Suffice it to say that we ought to place the emphasis of salvation on God, not on man. In grace he gave himself as a sacrifice. He calls us to respond in faith, faith which is itself a gift of God. Grace and faith both come from God. He initiates the process and he finally brings it all to completion. Jonah once said, salvation is entirely of Jehovah. We are always safest when we emphasize God's part in the salvation process. God's own Son came teaching, God's own Son came reaching, reaching out to a world that lost its way.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.